Welcome to Our Sleeve Life Podcast, hosted by Kelly and Mel, friends who had gastric sleeve surgery but five years apart. We wanted to create a supportive family with full transparency by sharing our stories as well as others from the community. We are breaking the stigma of weight loss and weight loss surgery one episode at a time. Hey, guess what, guys? We're not doctors. No, we are not. <laughs> no. So if you're going to be making any major medical decisions, please consult your doctor immediately. Y- yes. And that includes diet, surgeries, and exercise. We love you guys, and we want you to continue to be in our OSLP family. That's right. So be careful and consult your doctor. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's so hard to find a yoga instructor that is patient, knowledgeable, and affordable. Look no further than Kate Louise Yoga. She specializes in yoga for all bodies. Her primary goal in teaching is to help people heal themselves by tapping into higher consciousness states of love, wisdom, and creativity. You can also find free gentle yoga classes on her website, katelouiseyoga.com. Just click the link like you're going to purchase a class to see the link to her Zoom classes. All right. Welcome back, guys. We are back for season three. This is our season opener, and we have a very special guest here. I feel special. Yes, my surgeon, Dr. Thompson, is here. Hi, everybody. Yay. So excited. Oh, I love it. Um, I absolutely loved being having you as my surgeon, and we fought so hard. We fought did. so hard. We did. It was a bit of a stay. battle, but yes. we got there. We got there, and it was, I mean, the best thing I ever did. Best thing. I'm, had, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the best thing because then now I get to like do all this stuff. With yeah, you. we're doing this podcast, <laughs> which is so amazing. And I mean, I feel so much better. So yeah. much better. I remember you felt better immediately. Immediately. I remember walking around the the floors of the hospital yeah. and being like, I don't have any pain. Like, yeah. it's weird I like, that I don't have any pain. <laughs> it confused me. I was like, how does that happen? Like, yeah. you just woke up like that. It's yeah. so weird. And you said sometimes it just happens. Sometimes it just happens. It just resets. Yeah. You can't, I never know who it's going to be. And so it's when people ask, it's like, well, I don't know. It could get better. It could not. But but it definitely was an overnight difference for you. It was like I woke up from surgery and I was a whole new person. And not to say that I don't have pain still, like sometimes. And it's very much related to what I eat. I can tell. Like if I have a crappy week, Mm. I'm in more pain. Yeah. Um, but it's not anywhere near where I was. I mean, you could barely get on the exam table when, oh, when yeah. I first Cody met you. Would ha- yeah, Cody would have to help me. My yeah. husband would ha- literally have to, like, grab my hand and, like, boost me up. Oh, wow. And now it's like I'm I running all around part. and I've got energy. I mean, yeah. and no pain meds whatsoever. So, yeah. Whoop, whoop. I know. That's I know. It's been, part. like, right after surgery, I stopped taking them. And I was just like, nope, I don't need them. Awesome. But, yeah. So... Awesome. Okay, so let's get to these these questions that we have. So, um, first off, we just want to ask, how did you get into weight loss surgery? So interesting, kind of, I guess, to me. But <laughs> um, I've known since I was like six that I wanted to be a surgeon. So oh, that's that crazy was awesome. like never in question. Yes. Um, when I was a kid, back when. TLC was actually the learning channel. Oh. oh. <laughs> they they would show videos of surgery, like actual surgery. And oh. I would be in there, kids are out playing, and I'm like in here watching surgery videos. So and like t- wow. cutting apart yeah. your teddy bear. <laughs> yeah. And my mom's like fainting because she can't stand the sight of blood. So oh my gosh. <laughs> um, so that was kind of never in question. Um weight loss surgery is interesting in that the training for that, so 
general surgery training or, or medical training in general um, consists of usually four years of medical school. Okay. And then depending on what you want to do with your life, um, residency, which is your actual hands-on training, um, is, is longer. So okay. general surgery residency is five years. So oh, wow. And then after that five years, you can either go out and be a general surgeon um, or you can do further training and specialize. And so that's what I did. I did a year of um, what's called minimally invasive surgery or, or okay. advanced laparoscopic surgery. Um, the interesting thing is that a lot of those, most of those training programs involve bariatric surgery as part of, oh, as part of the training. That's and so cool. Yeah. yeah. And so actually when I signed up for the fellowship, I had no intention of doing bariatric surgery. Oh, wow. Um, what was it? What was your, what so I, I just knew I wanted to do general surgery. Okay. Um, and laparoscopy is very cool in that we're doing these big things with yeah. small incisions. And oh, so that yeah. really appealed to me. Um, honestly, I've never told anybody this, but <laughs> now now is clearly the time yes. to, <laughs> to time. share all my secrets. Yes. But, um, you know, I've always, not always, but more recently struggled with my weight as well. Mm. And, you know, I felt like this is really cool surgery and mm. these are really cool patients, but who is going to want to listen to a surgeon telling them, I'm going to make you skinny and I can't even make myself skinny. Okay. So. Fair point. Yeah. yeah. So that really weighed on me pretty heavily for mm -hmm. a long time. And then, you know, halfway through fellowship, I was like, you know what? I, I want to do this. I yeah. don't care what people think. I'm doing it. Yeah. The end. Um, and actually, I think it's had the opposite effect than what I thought it yeah. would. You know, I think, I think you can recognize the struggles in other people mm -hmm. because you've struggled yourself. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, I love what I do. I spend probably the majority of my time doing bariatric surgery, but I do general surgery as well. Oh, okay, and, okay. Um, and that was really what I was looking for when I was looking for a job. So, so where I'm at, I'm super happy. Um, love what I do. Love my patients. So, <laughs> so kind of a, journey to get here yeah. but but I'm I think that's super really happy. awesome yeah I think that's really awesome that you you know the struggles that we go through I mean just on a daily basis of you know trying to decide whether to do surgery what not to do surgery what we've I mean you've probably tried diets too I yep. mean it's it's a battle all in itself yep. and it's hard to stick with it so I think it's really awesome that you I think that's why you have such a good connection with yeah. us is that you know you know what the struggles are. And I think that's what I didn't recognize before mm -hmm. when I was so worried about it. It's like, yeah. you know, they're not, nobody's coming to me. Nobody's going to look at me and say, oh, well, you're not skinny or you're not tiny. It's, I mean, they're here for my expertise. And exactly. That, that, yeah. You know, so. Well, and I think being overweight when I came in here, I never even thought that. Yeah. I was not, I wasn't like, well, look at her size no I mean and really I want a normal person that understands me not a super skinny model because I don't think I would feel as comfortable right. around that and and I think it's all about you know nobody cares it's not about your weight or how you look no. it's it's just about the connection it's about the connection and the expertise and yeah. you definitely have both well, yeah, I would. I want so. the surgeon to be relatable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, and it seems like you two have a really good like connection. Well, it so. seems like if somebody's going to let me cut them open and do <laughs> things, we should probably <laughs> have <laughs> at least a decent working relationship. Yes, so. I think yes. that's fair. Yeah. No, I think I knew from the moment I walked in, I was like, I just felt comfortable and like 
I knew that I was going to do the surgery no yeah. matter what, but it just eased my mind knowing. Yeah. And I, I think back to my mom coming in here with me because she was so against me having the surgery. Yeah. She was just so scared. And I remember her coming in and she sat down and we had a, a whole discussion, the three of us. Actually, I think it was the four of us because I think Cody was here too. Yeah, I think he was. And because he went to everything. Yeah. And uh, I remember her us leaving and she was just like, I'm totally on board. I love your surgeon. She's so knowledgeable and she answered all your questions. And like, she nice. felt so much more comfortable. Yeah. And that says a lot that somebody was, that was totally against it. Yeah. And then you changing their mind just by like you walking in it's and like having you. a personality. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's just, it was really comforting yeah. for me. Well, so I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. That's what we strive for, but yeah. No, it's, I love this office. I absolutely love it. She talks I, about it all the time. I do. I do. I'm like, I just love my whole experience here. It well, was, I love my office too. Yeah. Every, all great. every single person here is so amazing. And they take each person as a separate entity. It's not just a group of overweight people. You know, it's like everybody's a little bit different. So, so you can tell how personable, just even with me walking in, how nice they are. Mm-hmm. And not to say anything about it, my office, it's just like we moved really quickly. So yeah. I didn't get to know everybody. Yeah. Like only person I really knew was my surgeon. And then the um, the person would just take all my testing and the vials and right. stuff. So yeah. I got to know him really well. But yeah. that's about it. Yeah. No, I, it, yeah, we talk about like how um, success kind of goes with like how, what a connection you have with your therapy yeah. and your nutritionist and all of that. Um, because a lot of people don't have that. Yeah. They don't have that connection. And I think that's where it sometimes... We actually had a follower message us that she's having problems because she didn't have the aftercare. She didn't have the before care. Yeah. And it's really important to have that. Super you know? important. And she feels like she was just kind of thrust out there after the surgery. Because she was. She I was. Mean, she, she literally ha- just had the surgery. Like She, she had the realize- surgery and then a list mm-hmm. of guidelines. Yeah. yeah. And you can't, I mean, you can't. You, yeah. There's so much that goes into this. Well, and it's the same problem you see with medical tourism mm-hmm. and... You know, it's not that you're getting a bad or necessarily different surgery in another country. It's that the surgery is not the most important part of this process. It's the process. It's the process that's the the most important part. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I tell patients, you can defeat anything I can do to Mm -hmm. you. This is a tool is not a magic bullet. And exactly it's it's the it's the whole process that's important. So Mm -hmm. I love it. I I I think that's. Definitely key. <laughs> That's okay. Um, we, yeah. It can stay down there. Sorry. Yes. I've, I've heard your dog bark a couple times. Oh so my gosh, it's, yes. He oh, yeah. So like, I know I'm not bad. They are so, it's like every single time. I, we had to start on Thursdays. We had to start putting hit them in the bedroom <laughs> because they would, every time we'd hit record and then Kit would start barking. And I'm just like, oh, you little shit. Like, <laughs> I will just like strangle you. So I've warned my husband. I'm like, Thursday afternoons, they're in the bedroom with you because he's working nights. Oh. So, yeah, he works all night. And so I'm like, sorry, but that's the way it has to be because there was one we had somebody on our live. Yeah. And that's the one I was like, we can't do this anymore. It's too distracting. It was. Cuddle up, Cody. Mm -hmm. Every time she started talking and we're like, what? What? (laughs) I'm like, we sound ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. My dogs. But how long, um, so how long have you been doing bariatric surgery so I finished my training right about two years ago now so oh, wow. so I've been here for two years actually mm-hmm. I had not 
been um, in practice very long when I did your surgery. Yep. But yeah. Um, but like I said, altogether, um, I was very lucky in that my residency training program, mm-hmm. I had the opportunity to work with three really great fellowship trained bariatric surgeons. Okay. And so the training you get in residency really is dependent on, on the program that you're at. And so I was lucky in that I did hundreds of bariatric surgeries in my training. Okay. And so, you know, then I went on to do my fellowship and, you know, did quite a bit more there. So, um, once I started my practice, it was like hit the ground running. Um, you know, I feel like I've been doing this for six years now. So it's always much, much different when you get out on your own, but, uh, with Uh, no, what, no safety net, but, um, but yeah, it's been great. Where did you yeah. go? Like, so what were the places that you did the fellowship? And- so um, my general surgery residency training um, was at Santa Barbara Cottage Hospital okay. in Santa Barbara, California, Ooh. which was fabulous. Oh, I bet. But, uh, very expensive. Everything in California. Very expensive and very dry. There was a, there was oh. a lot of drought going on. Um, so I spent five years there. Okay. And then I went to Bay State Medical Center in Springfield, Massachusetts. Oh. So other opposite side. Yeah. So I've been back and forth several times because I grew up in Alabama. So oh. Alabama to California to Massachusetts and now to, to Oregon. Oregon. How <laughs> so funny. That's yeah. all yeah. over. So we bought a house and we're we're not moving you like anymore because you, we're over it. So yeah. 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 Well, and Oregon's nice. We get all, oh, Oregon's awesome. Yeah. We get yeah. all we the got seasons, all the seasons yeah. and it's not too much either. For either yeah. season, I think. Yeah. Oh, so. I totally agree. It's the it's rain neutral. is fine because it makes it green. Exactly. And, and yes. then we can ski in the winter. It's fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Love it. So, um, kind of a question: What kind of bias have you seen towards your specialty patients? Um, the whole thing. Yeah. yeah the yeah. whole the whole thing. So lots, lots mm-hmm. of bias. Um, luckily. As a specialist, I don't feel like there's been a lot of bias towards me okay. from other professionals. Okay. I think it's more a universal lack of understanding about what bariatric surgery is, 100%. who could benefit from it. And that's, you know, that's medical professionals, that's the general public, that's everybody. Mm-hmm. So, you know, really, we've come a long way in the past 10 years, even, mm-hmm. but still, the majority of primary care providers that I talk to really don't understand what the indications are for surgery or what the different options are. I mean, I look in notes and everybody mm-hmm. had a gastric bypass. It doesn't matter uh-huh. what you have, yeah. you know, it's documented as a gastric bypass. And you're and like, no, that's not, that's, that's, that's not, not what correct. you had. That's yeah. what you had. <laughs> you know, so, um, so I think overall from that standpoint, it's just more a lack of general knowledge. Um, but absolutely. I see so much discrimination and Mm -hmm. bias towards patients, um, of size. So, Mm -hmm. you know, just one instance that hit me the other day, I was doing a case and this, this comment gets made not infrequently of, Oh, well, she's not that big. Why is she even having surgery? Mm -hmm. You know? And it's like, okay, well, you clearly don't understand BMI or, you Mm -hmm. know, components that go into obesity and medical comorbidities. But I hear that, you know, once a month. Oh, wow. Because I don't think a lot of people believe that obesity is a disease. Yeah. So maybe you could explain a little bit about that. Sure, sure. So obesity is not only a disease, but it's what we call a chronic progressive disease. Mm. So chronic in the sense that it's something that 
that you're battling. It's not mm-hmm. a an acute illness like appendicitis that, oh, we take your appendix out, done, it's gone. And it's gone, yeah. It's not something that is even cured by surgery. It's, it's a tool that helps to combat the disease of obesity. Mm-hmm. But the worst part about obesity is that it's a progressive disease, meaning that obesity creates more obesity. So mm-hmm. not only in the physical sense, so when you're carrying extra weight, obviously your joints hurt, it's harder to move around, it's harder to be active, and so that creates more weight gain, which Mm -hmm. is a vicious cycle. But on a molecular level in your body, fat encourages your body to store more fat. Oh, I didn't know that. Having extra fat decreases the amount of fat that your body burns on a normal baseline, day-to-day basis. It increases the amount of calories that you eat that get converted to fat. Oh. Huh. And it increases your body's capacity to store fat. So, so literally, it's, you just, it's all against you. Yeah, it's totally working against you. It's a vicious cycle that is wow. not, you know, it, it tries to continue this cycle. No wonder it's so hard. Is that kind of why when you do diets and you lose like 30 pounds and then you like, as soon as you stop, you gain it back plus and another some, 20. Yes. Is that abs- okay? Absolutely. It's all part of that disease. And, you know, this is kind of a simplified explanation of it, but everybody's body has a set mm-hmm. point for what your body wants your weight to be. Okay. And often that set point does not agree with what you in your mind want that want weight to be. To be. Mm-hmm. So when you diet, your body sees that as starvation. And so the first mm-hmm. thing that your body does is say, okay, I see that you're trying to starve me. I'm going to slow down my metabolic rate mm-hmm. so I'm not burning as many calories okay. because I see that you're not giving me as many calories. Starvation mode, right? Exactly. So okay. you go into starvation mode. The second thing that it does is it raises your set point and says, okay, I see that you're trying to defeat me, so I'm going to make the set point up here. Interesting. And and how it does that is by increasing the levels of the hormones in your body that mm-hmm. tell you that you're hungry. So folks go on a diet, and it's like, wow, I just feel starving all the time. Well, okay. your body's doing that to you. Mm-hmm. So and it's mental. It's, it's, it's chemical. It's chemical. Chemical, yeah. okay. So, I mean, hormones certainly influence your mental state, but it, it's actual measurable hormones in your body. Wow. And the reason why folks tend to gain that weight back, and then some, is because that set point is being raised every time. Okay. And so... If you um, diet and lose weight, whoop, um, and then you start to gain it back, mm-hmm. you usually gain more than what you lost because your body is compensating for Got your it. dieting behavior. Uh, so it's every time you start a, a weight loss program mm-hmm. and you're essentially starving yourself. So every time you start and stop, it's going to start, it's going to raise that higher. Presumably, higher. yeah. Okay. And, and so that is one of the reasons why we see surgery working better Mm -hmm. than dieting behavior is because immediately after surgery we see a drop in those hormone levels that tell you when you're hungry okay and that's why you know at least for some period of time after surgery a lot of people really just have no hunger yeah Mm -hmm. and a lot of my patients have to set timers to remind Uh, them i did yeah Yeah. and i still don't have like a a hunger hunger like Mm -hmm. i did before like that growling hunger. Right. I just feel empty. Yeah. Like it's a weird feeling to be, like, cause I never heard, like felt that before. Yeah. I always had that like hunger growl. And now it's like, I'm like, 
oh, I'm getting, I either, A, stupid, because that happens all the time. And I'm like, oh, we do, we, we do <laughs> we it do in it. ourselves. Like, we'll see it. And I'll be like, I'm being stupid right now. And she's like, you need to eat some protein. Please eat something. Yes. yes. You need to, let's go get a protein shake. Um, or I... I get that empty feeling and I'm like, Oh, I haven't eaten in six hours. That yeah. Oh yeah. Why. Food. Yeah. 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 Food. Yeah. I have to yeah. do that. I yeah. have to do that for my body. So yeah. And the hormone, the, what is it? Gren- ghrelin. Is ghrelin. The, is the main one. Ghrelin. Because ghrelin's like your stomach's growling, ghrelin. Oh, uh, that's a good way to remember. Yeah. Ghrelin. Um, that gets for the most part taken out with the, st- the portion that's removed. So a lot of ghrelin is produced in the stomach. Okay. And so it makes sense for a sleeve because we're taking out a, a large portion mm-hmm. of the stomach. We also see those effects with a gastric bypass. Okay. Even though when we're doing a gastric bypass, we're dividing most of the stomach, but we're not actually taking anything out. Oh, okay. And so the bottom line is we, we have recognized that these hormone changes occur before we understand why it's happening. And so that's really a hot area of research right now Mm. um, in obesity research, um, not just in surgery, but figuring out how those hormones work together and why these surgeries work to do that. Because um, for instance, the the gastric band or the Mm. lap band, Mm -hmm. which is not very common anymore. No. um, You don't see those hormone changes with the lap band. So it's something about the dividing or the and, dividing. you okay. know and and rerouting of things that's causing that okay yeah her brother her older brother actually had the lap band mm-hmm. and he i mean he didn't have the same we've already had him on the on the podcast yeah. and so he's he didn't have the same reaction that we did no. with like mm-hmm. the hunger and stuff i mean he still battles with it right um so it makes sense that yeah. He, he doesn't have those chemical changes like we did having the sleeve. Right. And he so. probably, with the band in place, feels full faster. Yes. You know, but that's just a purely mechanical phenomenon. Yes. Right. Because the band is restricting what can go into exactly. the stomach. Exactly. Exactly. But the problem with that is that you're still hungry all the time. Well, yeah. yeah. You're still hungry. And he had it taken out. Yeah. So he doesn't even have it any longer. Yeah. Um, which. And has had some regain. He's had yeah. regain, yeah. which is yep. a problem with the lap band because as soon as you remove it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're going to start eating the way you did before. Uh, and, um, and not I, that you can't do that with the sleeve or bypass, but it's less likely. Oh, definitely. Right. I mean, it just takes longer. I it does add. take longer. Yeah. Because, yeah. and I definitely encourage patients um, that come to me for lap band removal, mm-hmm. I encourage them to consider converting to another mm-hmm. procedure, most often the sleeve. The sleeve yeah. Um, because absolutely, you see weight gain, and a lot of people see it really fast, yeah. and it's super depressing. It is depressing when you've gotten down. I mean, um, Melanie's dealt with a little bit of regain, and it, it, it's hard. I think it's hard it's, on your system. I mean, yeah, it's just frustrating because it's not like not like your average regain, I would say, because like my lowest, I've noticed that my body likes to be at 180. Yeah. It does not like to move from 180. <laughs> I sat at 180 for like, so I'm five years post-op by the way. I'm like five years and six months or yeah. something like that, really close to that. And yeah, like I sat there for like two years. Yeah. And it's just like this last full year around, I've gained like 10 pounds yeah. or 11 pounds or whatever it is. And yeah. it's just like really frustrating because it's like, I don't want to accidentally get to the full regain is my, is my scare. And so like, I just, I watch it like. Well, and all she's the water. constantly I'm always, exercising. She's doing I'm the water. Moving. She's it's eating just... her protein. So, I mean, she's doing all the right things. Right. Um, well, and this is case in point, 
how obesity is a chronic disease that we're fighting mm -hmm. every day, right? Yeah. So you had the surgery, you've lost a ton of weight, but you're still fighting that battle. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, and it is, it's totally normal to see some weight regain years out from surgery. Mm -hmm. So most folks don't reach their lowest weight until around two years after surgery. Oh, okay. wow. And then it's normal to have a little bit of weight regain as your body is kind of settling to where it's going to be. Uh, okay. So that's why I, my lowest was 179. And then I sat around 180, 181 for two years. Yep. Okay. okay, that makes sense. <laughs> and I've hit, I hit, my lowest was 141. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of gone up to like 148. Mm -hmm. But I feel better. And we just had this conversation. Yep. Like I feel better now being at 148 than I did at 141. Like right. I feel like I look healthier. Yeah. Because um, I never wanted to get down to a point where I was like, super super skinny or unhealthy looking right yeah. I wanted to be able to eat and have fun and like it do the things but just do it in a different way and well yeah. and and from my position I don't care so much about the number mm. like yes I do care about the number in that you know if somebody has no weight loss after mm. a sleeve it's like whoa what what's what going, on? going on you should really yeah. be having some weight loss but what I care about and and what I think from my standpoint, success should be judged at is how you feel. Are you, mm. why did you come to have this surgery? Yeah. Because you can't get out of bed. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, check, we fixed that. Mm -hmm. um, because you're on massive doses of insulin mm. and you're uncontrolled. So great, we can fix that. So it's really about improving quality of life, mm. improving overall health. It's not about the number on the scale. Yeah. So I know that's easy to say and hard to do, mm -hmm. but you know, obsessing about two or three or five pounds, mm -hmm. you know, certainly we don't want that number to keep going up. Yes. Yeah. But really the point is, are you living your life how you want to be living your life? And are you healthy doing it? Yes. Well, and I even talked to my husband about that. I was like, because we did a, we tr did like a reset diet at the beginning of the mm -hmm. month and I dropped like five pounds. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm only up actually three pounds from that. And so oh. like I'm sitting pretty at 192. Yeah. And it's like, I just feel good. Yeah. I feel great. Yeah. I love what I'm doing. I feel amazing every day. I have so much energy. It's like, what is really 10 pounds to 20 pounds really going to make me feel any different? Yeah. Like at right. that point, I don't know. I think that's more mental me wanting the number to be there. Right. Yes. Really. Or the, well, I think you obsess about it. Like you yeah. said, yeah. like it's, it's a, it becomes a obsessive because you don't want to regain. Right. Cause yeah. it's scary. It is it's scary. super scary. It's very, very scary. Like seeing an Ellen, my nutritionist, which she's, she's going to be later in the season, but we talked to her and she, you know, when I hit my goal weight, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, now I'm maintaining. How do I maintain? I don't have any idea. Yeah. And she was like, well, be prepared that you will gain a little bit of weight back. Right. Most people do. Mm -hmm. And I did, I gained like five to eight pounds and, but I, I'm okay with it. At first I wasn't, mm -hmm. I was like, I just gained eight pounds and I don't understand why, like I'm doing the same thing. Right. And Melanie was like, well, you're introducing other foods. Yep. Like yep. you're trying to add in your car, a little bit of carbs and stuff. Cause I went so restricted. Right. Well, and you're finding your sustainable lifestyle. Exactly. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You can't cut everything out for the rest of your life. Right. I mean, yeah. I just went off vacation and I went a little off <laughs> my food plan. Uh, maybe a little more maybe. than off. Um, <laughs> But there, I mean, 
in Missouri, they have custard ice cream. I'm sure you know. Yeah. And yeah. it is the greatest thing in this entire it's, world. It's really good. It's I need delicious. to try this custard ice cream. Uh, yeah. Yes, I've never had it. It is so, it's yeah. like, it's egg-based. Yeah, so it's, it's like super mm, creamy. creamy and... And it, it, yeah, it's so good. So there's a place in Missouri that before I had surgery, we would go pretty much every day while I was there. And uh, this last time, because the time before this last time, if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. um, I did not have any because I was so new. I was only six months out. I was like, no, "No, I'm not doing it. And absolutely, that's the right thing to do. Yeah, I was like, I'm not eating anything. And like, it was so restrictive when I was there last time that I was like, I feel like I'm allowed to have a cheat weekend or like, you know, you're on vacation. You don't want to be, I mean, and I've hit my goal weight. I'm maintaining at this point. Um, I justified it in my own head. I realized that. Um, And so I had the ice cream a couple times. (laughs) Well, and kind of what I I told her was, since I am so far removed, what I've learned is that you do have to live your life, but like plan it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you're going on vacation. So then eat good all day and then have your dinner be that one. Right. And, you know? and that's essentially what I did. That's what right. I've been trying to do is like have the protein shakes all day. Right. And then you realize you've only had like 500 calories by the time you hit dinner time. And now you're like, okay, I can have the custard. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's not going to affect me. Yeah. Exactly. So. And, and, and it's nice because that's something that's remote from you. Right. It's like yeah, not, it's not every here. day. Yeah. It's not right. here. Yeah. Cause and that's that was the another, danger yeah. is getting that hankering for it. And it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to go down to the store. And, and when I finish this tub, then, uh, then I will buy any more, but right. then you finish that tub and you're like, I want more. Yeah. And that's where it all started in the beginning for me. So I think I was very aware of like, we're not doing this again because Ben and Jerry's was my oh. jam. Mm-hmm. And I ate a little tub of that pretty much every night. Yeah. And so I don't want to get back to that point. And it's um, real easy to, to get a, a tub slope. down. It's, it's a slippery yeah. slope. Uh, we have found uh, Yazo ice cream bars. Oh, I haven't tried that. They are yogurt. Mm. And they are delicious. They're high protein. Mm. They are high protein. Mm. A little high on the sugar. Yeah. But, I mean, if you're not having them, you know. Every, your, yeah. You know. Um, but they have a bunch of different flavors. And they're really good. And they're a good replacement for that, like, ice cream. Yeah. Feeling. Sweet tooth. Yeah. Exactly. Because I found, like, as... As more I go on, the more that sweet tooth is starting to come back. And we've talked about this because she had a sweet tooth well, for a long time. I yeah. never had it. No, that was the deal. That no, my, I mean like after. Yeah, that was like the problem is like I went into surgery not caring about candy yeah. or cakes or anything like that. It was literally bread was my problem and ranch. Oh, yeah. And ranch. <laughs> Those are two very delicious yeah, things. Yeah, and pizzas. So. I mean, yep. dipping that pizza in that ranch, man. Yep. And so like it was really weird where like after year one, I'm like, why do I want chocolate all the time? This is super yeah. odd. Um, and my husband's like, maybe because of all the, like, you're not eating all these carbs anymore. Your body's like, I want something. And, and I don't know. sweets especially are super dangerous, right? Because they're easy to get down. Yes. They Ice are. cream, smooth. Easy, easy to get down. Yep. Pizza, not easy to eat five pieces of pizza. No, no it's not. No. no. Ice cream is definitely a slider food. Yeah. yeah. It just goes down real easy and... I was surprised at how much ice cream I could eat. I never finished it, but I was surprised. And I was like, oh, that's not a good plan. (laughs) Like like you said, glad it's over there, not here. (laughs) Seriously. But yeah, yeah, you, and then she ended up like eating. Well, because what happened was uh, I was like, hey, I'll have it once a week. Yeah. So I'd have it on Friday nights. And then it happened to be Friday and Saturday nights. And then now it would happen like to be almost every day, yeah. every every evening. I would mm-hmm. save it for that night. And I'm so, like, wait, I can't do that. This wasn't the plan. This, this is, well, how did I get here? I don't well, understand how this happened. It's such yeah. a slippery slope yeah. because you're like, oh, it's just Friday. 
oh, we'll just do Friday and Saturday. And yeah. then it just like continues and continues and continues. And that's why I tell you, I'm like, and all of our followers, I'm like, it is a very slippery slope. I am here from experience to tell mm-hmm. you to be very careful. Like, if that is your trigger food, then don't even introduce it. It's like you don't put a crackhead in a crack house. We're not going to put <laughs> food in front of you. Like, yeah. you just can't do it. Yeah, Because exactly. it's really hard. Yeah. Like, and food is around you all the time. You yeah. have to have mm-hmm. it to live. You can't get away from so it. You can't it's ever get away everywhere from it. you look. Billboards, TV, commercials. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's everywhere. Yeah. And... Think of how much it's tied in with emotions and family time. Yep, exactly. Birthday parties. Birthday parties. Everything in our society is all food-based. Yeah. Um, It's really really hard to get away from. It's. I remember the two-week liquid diet. I had to stop watching live TV because I could not handle the commercials. Yes. It was so hard to see McDonald's come on and you're drinking this protein shake and you, Delicious. it's before it's yeah I'm like mm, yum um but it was before surgery so it was yeah. it was at that point where you're just like I just want to eat everything in sight because but you're like no you're doing this for a reason mm-hmm. and so I would just shut off the light yeah I would just watch Netflix because but then even people eating on tv shows like would be you a see it, they'd be like eating ice cream and you're like yeah. nobody really? else is even looking at the ice cream and it's like oh my god he's eating ice cream yep Ugh. the cake I yeah. hate it when people eat cake on, on TV shows because yeah. I'm like, all I want is a big, giant piece of cake. Yeah. Oh, you're hilarious. I love cake. You're yes, so funny. I do. Um, uh, so I was going to ask a question, actually. Yeah, sure. So um, we have this on here, and now knowing that you've, I mean, you've done it for several years, so I guess yeah. it doesn't really matter. What techniques have you seen change over the years? Yeah, so I, I thought about this one a little bit. Um, it's interesting because I feel like a, a big change happened about 10 years ago. Okay. And so... I, I feel like I've almost trained in the newer era. And that, mm. that big change was going from gastric bypass and gastric band being mm. the two big procedures that everybody was doing yeah. um, to kind of a sea change with the gastric sleeve. So okay. um, the gastric sleeve really started picking up popularity about 10 years ago. And right now is by far the most popular mm. um, weight loss surgery performed in the United States, at least. Um, and the other part of that is that the lap band, so 10 years ago mm-hmm. was about a third of bariat- all mm-hmm. bariatric surgery. Now it's about 1%. Whoa. Oh, that is a huge yeah. change. So yeah. in my training, even though, you know, that I worked with three, um, well-trained bariatric surgeons, I don't remember ever seeing a lap band being put in. Wow. And so I don't know, you know, if they were offering them and people mm-hmm. just didn't want it. But um, but in all of my training, I've never seen a lap band put wow. in. Wow. I've taken out probably 100. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so I think that's the biggest change really that's happened um, along with kind of the advent of obesity as a disease. And I think that really also was happening around the time that I was starting my training. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so I really kind of feel like I'm a, a little bit more of this new era. Yeah. Um, and I didn't so much see the change. I just lived in the new Yeah, part. you're just so, here in yeah, the change. Yeah. yeah, I'm in the change. So That makes sense. And one of our listeners wanted to know, like, how many surgeries do you know roughly that you've done? Yeah, so here we do somewhere between 50 and 60 a year. Um, okay. And so I've been here a couple of years. So I've probably done, you know, 100 or so since I've been here. Um, I did more than a hundred in fellowship. So I would say, I don't know, low hundreds. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
I like that it's kind of a lower number per year because it, it really shows like the quality that you put into your patients that were not just a number. Like a burn and turn. Exactly. Yeah. And that's something um, that absolutely depends on where you're at, where you're mm-hmm. working. Um, I know many surgeons at larger programs mm-hmm. that are fabulous and empathetic and love their patients, but it's all the system that you're working in. Wow. And so when I was looking for a job, I was looking for a smaller area where I really was a small town feel. I grew up in a small town and um, I like that connection. Yeah, yeah. You know? I like and, it too. And I think Ellen and I are very similar in that. You and definitely so, are, yes. You, so we, um, I think we fit together really well. And 100%. And it, it, um, it makes it really nice for us to get mm-hmm. to know you guys. Yeah. And, and we enjoy that. Well, and so. I think it's important that you two have a relationship and then you guys are so similar that the relationship kind of adjusts onto your patients. Yeah. Like you kind of bring them into the circle and you, the patient it's themselves feel safe with you, with you both. Well, I'm glad to hear that. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I felt safe saying, asking whatever I yeah. wanted. I didn't feel judged at any point. And I think that's a big concern with over overweight uh, patients going into a program is feeling judged. Yeah. Um, because being overweight, you're judged a lot. Yeah. Um, All day long. And, and, I, and I, I still have patients that come in and yes. they haven't seen me in a year and they've maybe gained five pounds and they'll tell me, I was so nervous to make this appointment and come see you. And I'm like, why? What, what do why? you think I'm going yeah. to do? Yeah. But, you're, I mean, I feel like if you're worried about it, then talk to you but here's the place you should be yeah exactly I mean you guys are going to be the most understanding well we're here to help you know we're not here to judge we're here to figure out how we're going to fix it exactly it's that shame because I know I stopped going to see my surgeon just like it was like two years out and I was just like well they're just going to give me like you're doing great Mel don't worry about it blah 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 yeah but then realizing looking back I was actually really scared when I was like I'm not losing anything they're going to be so mad at me yeah like they're going to be upset like their tool isn't working anymore like I feel bad. And yeah. so that was also the other reason why I didn't go back. Yeah. And I absolutely understand where where that comes from, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. But that's that's part of why I like being part of a small program mm-hmm. is we hope that everybody feels comfortable and coming to us mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and, and asking those types of questions. Because, yeah. you know, we've seen it all. You know, I tell right? every patient <laughs> that's nervous, I'm like, look, I, whatever you've got, I've seen worse. So, yeah, you know, you just... Bite the bullet. Ask your surgeon. Ask your surgeon. Ask your office. Um, I know I've never felt scared to come in. Like even even though I did gain some weight, I knew that I could come in here and and if it was an issue, you guys would talk to me about it and be like, hey, maybe we need to look at these things that you're eating or, you know, but I, I, I knew from being here for, you know, six months plus all of my post-op appointments, uh, yeah. except for my one year, which was <laughs> Zoom. But yeah. that's okay. Uh, um, COVID. COVID. I know. <laughs> I, yeah, you're telling me. As we sit here with masks on. I yep. know. Um, but I know, I knew that, like, I could come to you guys with whatever questions, and I didn't, it, you know, just like when I had questions about maintaining, I didn't feel fear of coming to Ellen and being like, this is where I'm at. I don't understand. Yeah. Like, 
Well, because and sometimes you, you, you it's stress hard to, and you yeah. stress and you stress and then you come in and find out, oh, wait, that's a normal it, thing that it's happens. It's to- completely you know, normal. Totally well, normal. Every time Kelly tells me something about it, I'm like, oh, that makes more sense. <laughs> because <laughs> oh, like, I wish I knew. Yeah, I have exactly. Those, I have those anxiety issues where yeah. I'm just like mm-hmm. so nervous all the time that like I'm just disappointing the doctor. So I'm like, fuck, I don't, yeah. don't want to go. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll sit with her. And I'll be like, seriously, take a breath. Yeah. yeah. Like Deep she breath. will have it's herself cool. so worked up. And I'm like, take a breath. Yes. What's the one thing we can do right now? Yeah. And then we take it step by step yeah. and it eventually Absolutely. is totally fine. Yeah. But yeah. I know a lot of um, patients that don't have that support system. They don't have somebody to say, take no. a breath, um, which is one of the reasons why we're here. That is, is why we're here. Cause like yeah. I to didn't, be sponsors. I, I didn't even yeah. have that either. So that's no. the deal is yeah. like, I didn't have the support until really the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Because she didn't tell anybody. No, I, we, I didn't yeah, tell well, many. It was hard, just like right? a close-knit family. And I thought like that's all who needs to know, yeah. you know? Like not thinking like, oh, I need to actually find people that have done this. Yeah. So we can kind of trade secrets and understand each other and realize what's going on. So that way if I felt like I could ask a question, I could. Yeah. Well, and you now had family I, support and that, Yes, yeah. I had the family support. Yeah. was definitely in there. It's just um, I was raised of like, you don't talk about your feelings. And so they were there physically, yeah, but they weren't there mentally. Only one that really was, was a couple of friends of my husband. Yeah. Um, but because they knew what was going on with me because I would felt comfortable enough to talk Mm -hmm. to them about it. But like, I was not talking about like that sort of stuff with my family. Well, we do have listeners that also don't, they don't want to share it. Right. They, they don't want anybody to know they're very embarrassed by it. Um, and I know like Melanie felt the shame of like, I failed. Yeah. yeah, I failed because I'm having the surgery, and I feel like a lot of people feel like yeah. that. Um, yes. Whereas it should be like, no, you're you're stepping up for yourself. Right, you're stepping up, and you're, you're taking, taking control. Exactly. Yeah, you're taking control. You you're. It shouldn't be. You feel ashamed. Yeah. Uh, I know that. You know, back to the the stigma, we feel. Mm-hmm. We see it a lot. It doesn't see, help. <laughs> you know, people saying hey, you took the easy way out. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. It's not natural. It's, it, yeah. Or yeah. We, I lost weight naturally, yeah. which I hate that term. Like, come on. I hate what? it. Like, yeah. what do you think we do? Yeah. What do you think we do, actually, on a daily basis? Like, yeah. well, just and magic. And that's the point is that, yeah. you know, whenever you hear those types of criticisms, it's coming from a, a point of ignorance, right? Is, because yeah. they don't understand. They don't, they don't know anything. Like, if anybody has ever been through this surgery, mm-hmm. you know you would never say this was the easy way out. Right. Seriously. There's nothing easy about no, this. No, you're You're literally, I mean, you're constantly thinking about what you're eating, what you yeah. what you need to do exercise-wise. I mean, you're, you've got doctor's appointments. You've got yeah. this actual surgery. You've got your pain. You've got your body dysmorphia brain that is just going 24 seven and you know, nothing about it is easy. It's a constant journey. We all day event. Yeah. We joke in the hospital is my patients are the only ones that are ever so excited to show up to surgery. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because nobody else wants to come have surgery. My patients are like, finally, I've been working for this for months. Exactly. Here we are. So so I couldn't sleep the night before my surgery. I was so excited and worked up like I was just like yes let's let's get this done <laughs> well so. and that's part of what makes it so fun for us is that you know we're starting your life the excitement yeah. and yeah. you know we kind of get caught up in that too so yeah. totally. well as you should be I I love the excitement we we get so excited for people like we did a live and we have one girl that's local yeah and we absolutely love her Haley 
and we actually met her and so mm-hmm. we were the reason why she decided to have surgery that's awesome yeah it made us feel so good i was like oh yeah. my god i was like yeah. we made a difference oh and so she actually got her surgery date yeah and we, she told us on the live and we were like, yeah, we instant. <laughs> and we like screamed so, so loud because we know the excitement. Yeah. We know, yeah. I mean, you know it yeah. too. Like, it's Well, and just, we do that with the insurance authorizations. Oh, oh I yes, bet. Yes. Kim, oh. Kendi and Ellen will like flip, oh, like who yes. gets to call? Do you want to call? Oh. She's going to be so excited. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I remember I was like on the yeah. brink of tears. I was so excited. Oh, like, I was so mad when, oh. when the whole thing, you know, the insurance stupid insurance. stupid insurance yeah. but, i just yeah. remember you walking into my <laughs> surgery room and you're like we're not gonna let those fuckers get us down yeah, and yeah, i was like we're not yes. gonna do it yeah this is why i love my kind of lady mad oh yeah my mom was like did she just cuss <laughs> So funny. It happens. It, it was happens. so funny. I, I was like, it. well, it's it's fine. Yeah. Hey. That's just why she fits with us. Yeah. yeah. Doctors cuss too, man. Hey, we're people too. Exactly. Yeah. It's you just be professional yeah. in the room and then when yeah. you're done, you do whatever you want. Exactly. But, yeah. Um, so what do you think makes a patient successful? So I think the biggest thing, and and Ellen and I, when we meet new people, we can right away say, Oh, I, they're gonna do well. Okay. And Part of it is just something you can't always put your finger on. Um, But the biggest part of it is buying into the process as a whole. So people that come in and say, you know what? I've been wanting to change my life. I've Mm -hmm. really been thinking about this. um, And I plan to do this and this and this. Mm -hmm. And and this is going to be a whole new me. So those are the people that are successful. So, And that's why part of our process is really setting expectations for what surgery is and what it does for you Mm -hmm. so surgery is not a magic bullet so Mm -hmm. we do surgery you never have to watch your diet or exercise a day in your life no no. that's that's not what this is about and so it's really folks that recognize that and really buy into the whole process and so you know as you know we do a lot of um, nutrition counseling, mm-hmm. a lot of behavioral health counseling yes. um, before surgery, because really all the data shows that the more of that you do and the more buy-in you get mm-hmm. in the whole program, and that's why we have these programs exactly. in America. That's that's why we do that that way. Um, those folks are more successful in the long term. And so, you know, every once in a while you, I mean, not every once in a while, pretty often you have folks that come in and say, okay, well, how quickly can we get this done? Yeah. Do you think there's any way I can get this done, you know, before the end of the year, you yes. know, and it's, yeah. what's the fast track? Like yes. there's no fast track. Yeah. To there is zero fast, no fast track fast for track. you. <laughs> and so, you know, I think it's that, that's the number one so thing. So the people is that put in the work. That put in the work and realize that the work is important. Okay. You know, it's, it's realizing that weight gain is not simply a measurement of calories in calories Mm -hmm. out because of everything we've already mentioned of Mm -hmm. how food is tied in with emotion how Mm -hmm. food is tied in with family and how you relate to your family and for a lot of people even the really well prepared people it's Mm -hmm. still a big shock to start living your life completely afterwards completely because that's what you used to cope yeah and how are you gonna do that how are we gonna cope yeah and i think that's why um like we just release our episode transfer addiction um that's why that happens i think because you're you're trying to figure out how to cope and if you don't have anywhere for those emotions to go you're going to turn to something else 100 percent. whether it be alcohol sex yeah shopping 
maybe <laughs> drugs, maybe. gambling, all of it. I mean, mine yeah. turned into actually like thank God a positive. It was like I worked out a lot. Yeah. Yes. I you loved did. being out in the gym, being there for a couple hours, and going yeah. home just feeling amazing. Like yeah. I was just like addicted to that feeling. So yeah. I was like, I did work today. I can feel it. You can see it. Yeah. You're not going to like tell me I am putting work in. Yes. I think that was the biggest deal. I need to show people like you can do the work. If you do the work, things will happen. Right. Um, because a lot of people think like it is just, you know, a magic uh, button. Right. And that exactly. It's going to be all gone. And it's like, no, you actually have to put in work here. Yeah. You yeah. actually no, have I to still eat. have to go to the gym. Yeah. 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 And so like me yeah. getting yep. up at 9 a.m. to go cycling on Saturdays, like I would do that and feel really tired, but I'd feel amazing right after. Right. Yeah. So it's just right. doing it. It's yes. Like, just get up and move and then you'll feel so much better. Yeah. So what would your advice be for somebody who didn't have the, the program? So... Like Melanie, she didn't have like a nutritionist that she can, like, I know I can always email her right. and I will always get some type of a response. Or um, if I need therapy, you know, you guys are more than willing to send me right. somewhere or see, you know, what would your advice be for somebody like Melanie who didn't have a connection with a nutritionist or a therapist yeah, or and, anything like that? And that's tough. Um, part of why that's tough is that unfortunately, you know, a lot of, Physicians and surgeons in general are not necessarily comfortable seeing mm-hmm. other people's patients. Okay. And so, you know, it's hard sometimes to get in with a program after okay. the fact. But I would say absolutely, number one, engage your primary care provider okay, um, because they definitely know resources. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, even if a lot of a lot of things are specific to bariatric surgery, but a lot of things aren't mm-hmm. right. A lot of things about weight regain are emotional are you exercising what's going on in your life Mm -hmm. and all of those are things that your primary care provider can address okay um now i certainly have had primary care providers send me folks that have had surgery elsewhere um and they'll call and say hey look you know i've been seeing her for this and Mm -hmm. and i really don't know where to go from there and and i'm happy to see folks um for things like that um and so I think it's number one, really engaging your primary care provider okay. um, in your care, seeing them regularly. A lot of primary care providers have access to mental health services. Okay. Um, uh, so, you know, that's a great resource there. But, you know, hopefully there's there's programs out there that, mm-hmm. that primary care can hook you up with if, if they feel that you need that more specialized so like a support care. Group or support something group, like that. Absolutely. Yeah. But most pro most bariatric programs mm-hmm. where there's a program there's a support group okay and cool. at least for ours those are open to anybody oh you know, really you okay. don't have to Good have to your surgery here to attend our support group awesome um and so and a lot of programs are that way and okay. besides you know the in-person kind of support groups of course we're not doing that now because yeah. so anybody can join join the zoom calls though oh absolutely okay. and and cool you just have to call and get on the email list okay. um with Excellent. ellen but but yeah, we don't limit it to to who's, you know, you you don't have to have. I guess I didn't here. realize that. Yeah. So that's really cool. That's yeah, cool. yeah, happy. Yeah, so check your primary cares. And yeah, see yeah. if there's anybody around that you can just like do Zoom yeah, calls with. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And we can also post the one for here yeah. if anybody wants to. Yeah, sure. To join in. So. And you know, um, obviously, social media is a big thing now. Exactly. Now, I always caution folks that. Social media is a fantastic way to connect with people. Yes. Mm-hmm. People that are going through what you've been going through and to to get that support that maybe you're not getting, mm-hmm. you know, at home. But people rarely post like their run 
run of the mill mundane experiences exactly on media. exactly it is not <laughs> it's embellished Real. yeah yes. we, it's embellished yeah we've talked about that because that's mm-hmm. why we wanted to do this so much is because like we're like this is the rawest you can be this is really what happens yeah. this yeah. is how we feel on a daily basis like we have bad days and good days just like anybody else and like, i try to post about my bad days so that yeah. people know like yeah hey there's we, bad and, days yeah and we do monthly check-ins so where we can say like this is what we messed yeah. up on this month or, you know, we're not a hundred percent. Yeah. We don't know what we're doing either. Yeah. We're just talking about yeah, we're it. People. We're talking about <laughs> our experience. Yeah. And I, I think that's the most important thing is just finding support where you can get it. Okay. And maybe that's a in-person group. Maybe that's through your primary cares office. Maybe that's through Facebook. Who okay. knows? But it, it's just knowing, reaching out for that okay. support. Um, and like I said, it doesn't even have to be somebody that's, been through the same things as you have everybody feels the same emotions whether we're talking about food or not correct so. okay i like it i do too i think that's good advice because we get that question a lot mm-hmm. um like where do we go from here or you know somebody people ha- get uh surgery in mexico and then they they come back and they don't know what to do yeah um because it's not just a cut and dry like you said right. it's not you have surgery and then you lose the weight and then you're happy the rest of your life no it's like, it's not a piece of paper you can say okay i did steps 1 through 5 we're done Great. exactly you know? everybody's body is different everybody's so different. emotions are different. So different um you know everybody's experience i mean i shared everything from day 1 i didn't care melanie did not. kept it more private so mm-hmm. it's i mean every experience is a little bit different everybody's uh, journeys a little bit different mm-hmm. so we like to give support because and that's a good thing to send them to the primary or a support group yeah support group podcast yeah podcast, podcast. Yeah. yeah um so we covered that um what are some common misconceptions about weight loss surgery you know i think the biggest one is that that this is a last resort for folks okay um, you know, there's a lot of more data and, and studies being done looking at weight loss surgery, bariatric surgery as a preventative measure or as a, um, you know, not, not necessarily the, a, a place of last resort. Mm-hmm. And so, um, a lot of folks wait and wait and wait and they say, yes. oh my God, why didn't I do this? 20 years ago right. you know exactly so that's a big one um because okay. i thought that i thought that i had to be like the worst off to have the surgery yeah and that's yeah. just not accurate no, no. yeah right. like this isn't for me i have you know i haven't uh I i'm not at the end of my rope yet. here well, yeah, yeah. like i wasn't on any blood pressure medicine i might i had no diabetes yeah like i had no sleep apnea so like but I you literally would have. That's the deal. Is like yeah. I told my surgeon, I was like, I'm doing this to prevent all of these things because my m- medical history with my family, they all have those things. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I need to have this done before I'm 30 yeah. because I don't want I to don't have want these those problems. Things. Yeah, exactly. And, she's like, and it's the same thing. I mean, my mom has diabetes. My mom had high blood pressure. So those things are very much yeah. they would have happened yeah. had I not taken control. So I mean, you don't have to be. Yeah the worst you've ever yeah. had. Right. And I yeah. think the biggest mi- misconception we've already talked about is is that this is the easy way out. Yeah. yeah. Um, Number one. That, that you've done the easy thing mm-hmm. and great, you never have to worry again because mm-hmm. you took the easy way out. And, and like, that's just nope. absolutely not even remotely close yeah, to people true. People that think so. that are wrong. Yeah. Very wrong. <laughs> Very wrong. I love it. <laughs> well, is there anything else you think that 
our audience should know or anything you want to add? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing that I want to get across is that this is is not your fault, right? So there's mm-hmm. absolutely lifestyle changes that. Mm-hmm. that contribute, but obesity is a multifactorial disease. Mm-hmm. Genetics plays a role, environment plays a role, lifestyle absolutely plays a role, mm-hmm. but that's not the only thing going on. Yeah. So don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, don't be afraid to reach out and, and learn about your options. Surgery is not for everybody. Yeah. And we've had folks that have come in to see me and then I don't see them for a year. And then they come back a year later and say, you know what? I wasn't ready then. I am ready now. I like yeah. It. Yeah. Um, and I think it's super important to not let anybody push you towards surgery either on the, for the flip side of the coin. Like mm-hmm. you're doing this for you. This should be a you decision and you taking control of your life mm-hmm. um, and your health. So I love it. There I you love go. It. I love it. You. I like that. It is not your fault. It's not no. your fault. Not your fault. You have made mistakes, but it is not your fault. Exactly. I love okay. it. That's a great way to end. Yes. Oh my goodness. All right. Thank well, you. Big thank you to Dr. Hey, Thompson. Thanks for having me. We had so much yeah. fun. Yeah. And Super uh, cool. we will see you guys next time. We love you. That's right. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Hey, listeners. If you have enjoyed your time with us, please rate, review, and subscribe on any platform you get your podcast. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Join us on patreon.com forward slash OSLP where you can get exclusive content. We would like to give a big thank you to Anne-Marie Cruz for our logo, Nick Dukes for our web design, Dylan Godfrey for our editing, and Eric Fong with 17th Street Studios for our music and recording space. Thank you for listening to our Sleeve Live podcast. We are breaking the stigma of weight loss and weight loss surgery one episode at a time.